So I'm joined once again by Paul Crutchley, uh, one of our site pastors from Cardiff Central, and also my lovely, wonderful wife, Sophie, who leads the Cardiff North site with me. Um, so it's wonderful to have you guys with me today. We're just going to unpack the talk from Sunday, um, my talk from Sunday, so this could be interesting. <laughs> but first, what I wanted to do was ask Paul, could you help us settle this discussion, this debate? I mentioned in my talk on Sunday, the soap versus hand wash <laughs> misunderstanding and I just wanted to get some clarity and some help from you if you'd seen soap on the I don't I don't know who does the shopping in your house Paul I don't know whether you have a list we we split it okay between us okay maybe probably more me but it's, it's a split okay thing. so I'm assuming you've listened to the talk but you, you know <laughs> I'm <laughs> hoping you might have <laughs> coming in blind at this point <laughs> yeah no I, I heard I heard the talk okay uh, and you know I'm Honestly, I'm not sure you want to ask me this question. I'm going to because... do it anyway. So you've seen soap on the board. You've seen soap on the chalkboard. You've written it down on your list. You've got to the shop and you're in the aisle. You're looking at the shelves. Are you going for a block of soap or are you going for the, the hand wash dispenser? I mean, 100% I'm going for the hand wash dispenser. <laughs> no. Because that's what we use in our house. If we used bars of soap and we wrote soap on the list, I would be like, all right, I'm going to get a bar of soap. But it sounds like you guys don't use bars of soap. You use hand wash dispensers. Mm -hmm. It's all about context. So obviously, <laughs> obviously it means the hand wash dispenser. Honestly, I was listening to it. I was like, Ian, I don't know how you've got to a bar of soap from that. I feel like I've been stitched up here. <laughs> you stitched yourself up, my <laughs> So, no, I'm 100% on team soap. Okay, I might need to do a poll to the whole church just to get a clarifying answer. <laughs> I'm not sure Get what the answer that you I'm want. not sure what Wait. response is uh, gonna bring us to well, a right. Paul, Paul, you're responsible for some of this stuff. Can you just put it in the end of an email to the whole church? <laughs> <laughs> I think we could. I could. But to be honest, I think Ian, had I had I sided with you, one answer would have been enough to settle the debate. Yeah, that's true. But... <laughs> I think if you if you said a bar of soap, it would have been case you'd closed. Have been, you'd have been case closed. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Um... I'm glad that the dis the debate rages on. Um, <laughs> why don't we Why don't we move on to looking at the um, the passage and and what was what I was sharing on Sunday, um, and I thought just you know what I was sharing to begin with on Sunday was this idea that James is actually a book and and the text is something that's often misunderstood and it's quite a hard challenging book to hear. Um, something I didn't share was that as I was researching um, for my talk on Sunday, that of, of the hundred or so verses that are in the book of James, over 50% of them are imperatives. They're commands where James is saying, you know, do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. And it can make it quite hard to listen to and hear, can't it? It can, it can feel like a book that's missing some of the love and the grace that we see in the rest of the New Testament, particularly in the writings of Paul. And it can just feel a bit harsh. I don't know how you guys have been finding it as we've been reading the book of James or listening to the series each week. Yeah. I um, I think I was skipping ahead, reading ahead into uh, where we're going to get to in the next couple of sermons and things. And I think, didn't I say to you, Ian, like, I don't really like James. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I obviously have reverence for the word of God. But at the same time, <laughs> I was like... Get that one in there quickly. Yeah, yeah, just to clarify. <laughs> And I was like, I just feel like he's picking on me. <laughs> it's like, probably because some of it is, you can read something that just convicts you. And 
that's not a bad thing. But sometimes you, maybe if you're not quite prepared for it, it's like, oh, blimey, this is um, a bit full on, isn't it? Like, I might just not listen to Alice's talk and tame in the tongue because I just <laughs> can't handle it. I think you should. <laughs> I know. Kidding, <laughs> I definitely need to listen to that talk. I think what what is important to say is it's yeah, it is okay to be listening to this series and feel challenged because it is challenging material. Um, mm. It's a challenging book, and I come away every week going, "Wow, I've got stuff to process and reflect on and um, take to the Lord." <laughs> yeah. I think for me, one of the big things in it is trying to get our head around the difference between condemnation and conviction. Because mm. really what, what we're feeling is the conviction of the Holy Spirit being like, we need to become more Christ-like. And actually this book is highlighting the areas of our lives where maybe many of us are not like reflecting Jesus. And so what we need to do is we need to take that as conviction from the Holy Spirit and not condemnation. Ian, I thought you unpacked it really helpfully of going, this book has been, this passage especially has been misunderstood and it's not salvation through works. It's not that we're, uh, that we're justified by how good we kind of mark up to these things. But the danger is that's where often, often many of us go to and we say, oh, well, I'm not doing these things. So I'm really like, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible Christian. Am I even a Christian? And it's like, no, if we actually get our, our mindset right and we understand the theology of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ alone, that is the complete gift of grace. And then we go, it's this wonderful, marvellous, merciful gift from, from God that we would be able to come into here. It then becomes conviction because it's like, you know what, this doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change that I'm a son of God, that I've been adopted into his family, that he predestined me before creation. But what it does is it, it, it's showing me areas of my life where I need to be transformed by the spirit afresh, where I need to grow in it. And that should be challenging and yeah. it should be convicting and it and it should be painful. Like It's not wrong if it's painful, mm. but I think it's just it's trying to get that headspace. Whereas if we're coming away and we're feeling this like deep guilt and we're feeling this almost, I guess, like um, disabling feeling off the back of it. So we're going, actually, maybe we need to take a step back and go, Lord, l remind me of the, the foundational doctrine here, that I'm mm. saved by grace. Mm. But also, let me take that seriously. You know, Bonhoeffer's cheap grace <laughs> of, I don't want to just throw this in your face and say, oh, thank you for that gift of grace. I'm now just going to do what I want. I, I want to live like you. But it's that journey. So yeah. I, I don't know, I think I, I actually quite like books like this because they shame like they give me something to do i'm quite yeah. a, I'm quite i'm quite a doer quite i quite like going okay i need to do this and <laughs> change that uh and say so i quite like coming at them uh this uh, this one in this season maybe slightly less because i do feel like <laughs> i feel a bit like you've like oh my word i've got so much to work on and you know as we've said over the last few weeks this whole coronavirus situation i think is bringing up in us uh all lots of different emotions and in we were just chatting before we came on the call of you know, definitely I'm feeling at the moment those like just emotions beginning to rise like to the surface and getting angry far more quickly and much more stressed. And so in this moment, I don't like the book quite so much. But generally, <laughs> generally, I quite like that challenge because for me, I'm like, it, I know it doesn't change the foundational like doctrine, yeah. but it also shows me what I should be doing to exercise my faith. Yeah, that's so Sorry, that was a very long answer. Oh no, that's a great, it's such a good point that 
this idea of conviction versus condemnation and actually being convicted of something in our hearts isn't a bad thing at all. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it can be hard to hear or hard to um, take on board. But actually, it's a good thing that we become aware mm. of where we're at and what God is stirring in us. So I think that's a great point. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll cut James some slack. His heart's in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just moving on, I feel like we see all through the book of James, and especially in this passage that I was looking at on Sunday, that James is challenging the believers he's writing to, and then us as we're reading it today, to pursue real faith. I mean, we've called the series Real Faith. And it, and it just brings us to this question that I was trying to get to on Sunday of, or this idea that, that real genuine faith is something that doesn't just say, say certain things um, and then do another, but actually it puts our beliefs, our theologies, our ideologies, it puts them into practice. Um, and I shared this quote that I'd read during the week uh, which I'll just remind you of, how we live is what we believe, the rest is just talk. How we live is what we believe, the rest is just talk. Which I just <laughs> found so challenging. And um, just to put you guys on the spot, <laughs> is there anything that you guys would just add in response to that quote or the idea or just this principle that real faith is something that Act, that we actually do rather than just something that we say that was like a mic drop moment wasn't it you could have just stopped your talk yeah. there done <laughs> I should, probably should have done just a five minute one this week guys <laughs> just leave you with that um yeah obviously really challenging i um and i've been uh, kind of wrestling with that actually and just thinking this morning like you i think you followed it up with you know if somebody looked at your life would they see through the way that you spend your time and your money and and your energy would they see that you're rooted in faith (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is just so challenging isn't it but then I did think we've got to be careful to not fall into the trap of doing things because of what they look like because I think I can be quite good at um you know almost something being a bit of a performance in a way and um, I guess that the heart behind the question is not because people are watching you. The heart behind the question is actually just to examine your faith yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, mm. So I was thinking, like, it's not just what I do practically that people can see, but also the way that I make decisions or the way that I respond to disappointment. That's all part of the way that I live. Is that mm. based on what I believe? And hopefully the answer is yes. I'm someone who believes that God is good and he is for me and he has a plan for my life. And therefore, the way that I make decisions and respond to things are rooted in that rather than rooted in. I need to prove myself. I need to achieve certain things. I need to win people's favour. As I was thinking about it, it's that old thing of, you know, like they can talk the talk and they walk the walk. Fundamentally, like I think we resonate with this at a deep level of this is true and we want it to be true. You know, we've all got those friends, don't we? Like that know all of the answers about like healthy eating or <laughs> exercising or how to do something, but then they don't walk it out. And it's like, I don't actually want to hear from you anymore because you've not like lived this out. We want that authentic- authenticity, but we just struggle, don't we? To know how to put it in place at different times. And then the danger is the condemnation comes in when we look at our life and we go, oh, well, I'm not doing it right in that space. I'm not doing it right in that space. Well, then I must be doing it wrong. 
and I think one of the key things that we have to remember in this is faith and life is so so multifaceted and the danger we can do is we can box it in see have I done these few things um, and and actually what we need to do is go you know what this is about my whole life being surrendered to the Lord yeah and I'm always going to have areas that I need to grow in in this and if areas are highlighted then where I'm not that doesn't mean that I don't have a faith and that doesn't mean I don't love Jesus Absolutely. it just means that I need to work on this area I think about it a bit you know say in marriage or in deep friendship if like you know my marriage to Claire I love Claire at different seasons of my life I've probably loved her better than other times and so we could easily have a conversation and she could highlight some stuff which is like hey you're not doing this or you're you know whatever it might be and what I don't want to do is come away from that situation and be like oh well I must not love my wife like I wouldn't do that because I know that I do and I think we have to have a similar thing when we come towards the Lord of going if we, like if we love Jesus let these moments show us how we can love him better and how we can love him more effectively but not let them make us believe that we don't love him at all absolutely yeah. there's always room to grow yeah 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 one of the challenges of this book is that if we allow it to it causes us to reflect on and examine our faith doesn't it and and basically that's what i wanted to try and get us to the point of doing on sunday that we would start to reflect on where we're at and to just take a moment i feel like in this time uh in this current situation that we do have time to sit and reflect and i do think we should take that opportunity to do to try and do that and and just kind of take to the lord and evaluate how well is my faith working in my life is my faith working or am i seeing signs that maybe it's not working or it's dying a little bit um so i suppose it'd be really fascinating to hear from you guys what you feel are some of what would be your advice for ways that people could just take the time to examine their faith what are some of the ways that we can actually do that it's a great question. I think something that we all should take the time to do, as you said, Ian, and one of the key things I think in it is that each of us find ways that are helpful for us. Mm. So the danger is we can go, oh, there are these one or two things that you do. And then someone goes, but that doesn't really help for me. That's not how I'm wired. Uh, and then we disregard it. So I think we'll probably throw out a few things, but we're just going to scratch the surface here. But I just encourage people to try different things. Mm. And even try ones that maybe initially they don't feel like they will resonate with. And so I think one of the most um, fruitful and painful ones is to ask a trusted friend yeah. and say, hey, what what do you see in my life? Like, mm. I, you know, and maybe make it a bit more specific of, hey, like, you know, Ian was talking about this on Sunday with going through this journey. Do you think my life reflects my faith? Or what areas of my life don't reflect my faith? And these are really brutal conversations to have. And really, you've got to be really honest and you've got to feel very safe with that person and be vulnerable with them. But the fruit that can come from it is amazing because effectively, what that person is able to do is to highlight our blind spots. And we all have them. Yeah. You know, there's things when you're driving a car and you just can't see that area. It's the same in our lives. There are things that we just don't know that we're doing or ways that we don't know that we're reacting and we just need a loving friend to point it out. It might be a small group leader. It might be someone in your small group or someone on a team you serve on. But just begin to ask those questions. And the thing I've found in my life is sometimes asking those questions has produced the, the deep friendship 
that you almost need to be able to ask those questions. Yeah. So I think sometimes people can feel a bit afraid to ask because they're like, well, I don't know who I trust. I don't know if I know those people well enough. Whereas, you know, most people will feel honoured if you ask them to speak into your life a little bit. And so I would encourage people, if you're there going, I don't know quite who I'd ask, just pick someone you trust, even if you don't know them that well, and just say, hey, could I ask this question? And you might find that actually that produces the depth of friendship that then over the course of the next five, ten years, you're like, wow, this person's spoken into my life so much. That's really helpful. And I think it's like you said, people will see the things that we don't see in ourselves, the things that we find difficult and that we're struggling with, but also they'll see the really positive things. So it's not just mm. about identifying where we're not bearing fruit and where we're not doing things. It's where people call out, did you know that you're this sort of person? Did you know that you're really encouraging? Did you know that you're really patient? You're really kind? Uh, you're a great listener. Like These things that they will pick out in you that can be really encouraging mm. and spur us on and the things that they will highlight and point out that maybe the thing are the things that we need to work on, the, the things that, or the things that do need to be pruned in our life, that actually we need to work in those areas. Um, mm. So I think that's a great, a great piece of advice to find someone who can speak into our lives. So do you have anything that you would offer as a, as a way of us examining our faith? Yeah, absolutely. I think just as you've been talking, you've reminded me of some conversations that I've had with a friend that actually kind of just organically evolved into something where she's just brilliant at asking questions and even just over whatsapp rather than like how are you it'd be like how's your soul how <laughs> how are you finding such and such what songs are encouraging you at the moment just those kinds of questions that actually i think if you've mm. got that kind of relationship with someone go deep quickly just ask those kinds of questions to just kind of help to encourage one another along and I think the other thing I would say is um, when it comes to examining our faith and looking at where we're at, one of the most helpful things can be to just give God permission to speak into your life directly about those things. Mm. I think sometimes it takes us asking him for the Holy Spirit to convict us about something. And, you know, Psalm 139, search me and know me. You know, if there's any offensive way in me, Lord, would you show me? Mm. I think sometimes it takes that courage to sit there and ask him. And we know that he's kind. We know that he's good. We know that he's for us. And he wants to help us grow. So there's an opportunity as we spend time with him to reflect on that. And a tool that I've used sometimes is called the daily examine. Some people might be familiar with it as a kind of tool for sitting and just assessing how we're feeling about things mm. it's really helpful as a daily tool because it's just you know look back on the last few hours looking forwards how are you feeling about certain things what do you need to take to jesus and you can use a tool like that to help you examine how you're doing in your faith and your relationship and we've actually got a tool that i've used where i think it's claire spears has recorded the daily yeah. examine so <laughs> You can have the wonderful Claire lead you through the daily examine every day. It's Which great. is a joyous thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. A, and it's available on our website if people want to head there. There we go. Great plug. Claire can pay me later. <laughs> um, but yeah, just things like that. I think ultimately inviting God to speak to you about particular things is one of the most powerful ways we can do it because he will also hopefully then highlight how. Or, you know, mm. once you have identified something. I love what Alice shared on the podcast last week about having particular goals you know specific mm. things you want to grow in so if god highlights something to you you can then process with him and with friends how might i 
be able to grow in this. So good. So if I'd be like really interested to hear what does it look like for you to hear from God in that way? So like you're, you're saying, hey, ask the Lord to show you. Mm-hmm. When he shows you, how do you know it's him and not just your own sort of like worries or concerns, you know, or like self-esteem type stuff? What does it look like for you? Well, that's a very good question. I think for me, ultimately, the way I connect best with God is by taking some time to sit and be with him, like using the examine. I think when you invite the Holy Spirit into um, some time, when you're sitting there, kind of just having communion with the Lord, I trust in those moments that the things that come to mind and the feelings that are unearthed are in a process with him and not just mm. not just my own stuff. I think if I'm trying to do that stuff without the presence of God, potentially then I am liable to just, this is kind of my own stuff that's not necessarily being guided by him. But I trust that by inviting the Holy Spirit, you know, doing the examine, spending some time in the word and journaling, that the stuff that comes to the forefront then is from him. It doesn't necessarily feel massively different from a normal thought mm. process, but I just trust the kind of quiet, still small voice that is God speaking to me. Yeah. I think we all have different ways that we hear from him, don't we? He often yeah. speaks to me through pictures as well. I think some of the most profound times that I have heard from the Lord have been, you know, in a time of stillness or in a time of worship, a picture coming into my mind that really helps to illustrate, because I think I'm quite visual, it helps to illustrate what I'm feeling. Mm. But yeah, it's not necessarily this kind of like booming fire and loud voice and like I'm crashing to the floor and shaking in the Holy Spirit. It's just that learning to recognise his voice within me, I suppose. Mm. That's really helpful. That's so good. I'd love to ask you guys one more question. Just um, what would you say to someone who says, I have faith, I know I have faith, but I just feel like I should be doing more. I've, I've spent that time examining my heart and I know that I have faith. I know that God is at work in me, but I feel like I should be doing more. I should, there should be more works, more of an output in my life. What, what is the next step? How do we take that next step? I just wonder what thoughts you have on that. I think if someone's asking that question, that's amazing. You know, I want my life to look more like Jesus. I want to reflect him more. Uh, do some of the stuff I've already been talking about of ask some trusted friends, ask the Lord, like, God, what are you inviting me into you next? like in the next season look at people's lives who you admire in the faith so it you know it might be someone who you go wow their prayer life is amazing and i would like my prayer life to look more like them and then go okay i'm going to go after that a little bit more i'm going to go and you know we talked a lot last week about training uh, and this training and righteousness so i guess part of it would be that that notion of of finding an area of faith of you know, a spiritual discipline or rhythm and then choosing to train in that thing for a while finding someone who's very good at it emulating them um I, and effectively you can't really go too far wrong on this you know if you want to grow in prayer that's not going to be a bad thing you want to grow in generosity nothing bad is really going to come from it you want to grow in kindness that's going to be good so jimmy like don't put too much pressure on picking the one thing that the lord is going to divinely tell you it's like ultimately you pick any of these things there's going to be good fruit in your life um and then I, so i would just pick something and then intentionally go after it yeah so if you got anything that you would just add to that i think the only thing that i would add to that i agree with everything paula said 
is if you're feeling like, oh, I, I know that my faith is in a good place, but I feel like I need to do more. My only kind of question to that would be like, where is that feeling that you need to do more coming from? Because, yes, sometimes that can be the case, but also at the same time, feeling the need to be actively doing things sometimes, is that coming from not quite having the full understanding that you can't earn your salvation? You know, ultimately, the point that James is getting at is that a, a faith that's in a healthy place is producing, sorry, producing <laughs> fruit within us and we'll, we will naturally be growing. If you're feeling like, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing enough, I would just be wary. Is there some kind of condemnation actually creeping in there that is not from the Lord? We just need to be careful that our feeling that we need to do more isn't coming from the part of us that is desperate to prove ourselves. Um, because I think the the underpinning, underlying principle of grace is that there is nothing that we can do to make God love us more. And so it needs to come from that overflow. Ultimately, if you're feeling kind of slightly frustrated that you feel like your faith isn't producing stuff within you and you aren't growing and changing, I would say don't look at what you want to do, look at who you want to become and start there. And out of the overflow mm. of that, the way that we live starts to change. That's such a good question, isn't it? Who am I becoming? Um, thank you so much for joining me on this week's podcast, for sharing your thoughts, for unpacking this week's passage, being really kind about my preach. Um, <laughs> it's been so great. And yeah, hopefully we can take some of the things that you've shared and some of these principles and have a go at them ourselves. It's really helpful. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'd love to know how you found this podcast and how you're connecting with Jesus at this time. And if there's any way that we can help you in that, just email info at cardiffvineyard.org. I'll be back again next week with some of the team and we'd love you to tune in. Have a great week.